0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to our faith conversation. My name is Meredith Knox, and I'm the one who gets to walk us through one of the craziest stories in the Bible today. But before we get there, let's set some foundation. If you're just joining in, we have spent the past few weeks around this one word, faith. Now even the word faith sets off different things in our minds. Matter of fact, I even put this question out there on social media, what immediately comes to mind when you hear the word faith? So I just had to share some of these responses with you. Some of them may even be yours, but here's a few. God, intentional act of belief, trust, mustard seed, I like that one, miracles, somebody put my GPA, I hear you. Uh, The unseen, living without fear or worry, Faith Hill, (laughs) funny. Testing, this question, is, is mine strong enough? God is good. I mean, I literally have dozens of answers to what faith is. The list goes on and on. So, I mean, you can see how difficult it would be to have any kind of conversation about faith unless we are all operating from the same definition. So we have to start by breaking the word down to its core because we all possess faith, for real. We all have faith in something. Faith is actually a universal concept that every human being possesses because faith is confidence. And we all have confidence in someone or something. But if you take it a step further, we see then that there's faith in God, who He is and what He has done. And the majority of humanity would tell you that they have confidence in some kind of God. But as I've mentioned before, doesn't mean all these gods are created equal, which is why we wanna clarify what we take faith to mean, and that is this. Christian faith is confidence in Christ, who He is and what He has done. So we've been looking in on one scripture to help guide us in how to live in the confidence that we can have in Jesus Christ. And that is in Hebrews ten thirty nine through eleven two, And it says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now this confidence in Christ is what we see the ancients of faith were commended for. So we've been taking some time to zoom in on the life and the stories of these ancients to see what we can learn from them about our Christian faith. Because the more perspectives you can get, the more you can truly see. So, so far we have gotten perspectives of Abraham, Rahab and David, and this week we will continue with Noah. Now, many of us have heard of Noah before, but I think we can get a unique and fresh perspective today on his story, which in the Hall of Heroes, we first hear about in Hebrews 11, verse seven, where it says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah acted on unseen events just because God told him to. So what can we learn from him today? Write this down, faith obeys the word of God, even if it sounds crazy. Noah is the illustration of faith at work. So let's see if he can teach us how to put our faith to work. In order to fully do that, we've got to rewind all the way back to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. When we first roll up on Noah in a pretty dark time in the world, to be honest, which is crazy seeing as the whole world only started like six chapters ago, but check out what it says about Noah in Genesis 6, verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. All right, story time. So Noah was walking with God in a time when nobody else was. Darkness had literally gripped culture. If you go back and read verses one through seven, it literally says things like this, y'all, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. I mean, that is intense language. Man had gotten to a place where God was seeing even their thoughts were only evil. Then we have Noah, the odd man out, because he would not conform. He refused to please culture instead of pleasing his God. Side note, uh, when you try to be a Noah in this world, people are gonna call you crazy. The more serious you are about walking with God, the more odd you will look to them. But since Noah was the only one walking with God, he got to be the only one God was talking to. How cool is that? And so God warns Noah about something yet unseen, that a flood was coming and that Noah needed to build a giant boat, that's what the ark is, in order to save him and his family. It sounded crazy, it looked crazy, but because Noah walked with God, he knew that when God spoke, it was only right to obey. Obedience is always easier when you know the God you're walking with. So listen, we cannot get so familiar with this story that we miss how crazy it was that Noah obeyed God to the very last detail. So let me detail the crazy faith list of Noah and the ark. First and foremost, Noah lives 100 miles from the nearest ocean. So it's not like a hurricane is just gonna blow in and flood their land. Then this thing was supposed to be one and a half football fields long, four stories, Hi, are you kidding me? Remember, these this is in the days before cranes and machinery and chainsaws and modern technology. I'm just listing machinery, I know. And not to mention, he didn't have any help. It was Noah and his three sons to build this massive thing, which means that Noah built this probably over the span of 120 years. That is a long time to continue to believe the word that God has spoken to you, especially when no one else in the actual known world is hearing from God. What faith, what confidence. Verse 22 of Genesis 6 even goes so far as to say that Noah did all that God commanded him. Not some, not most, all to the very last detail. And because of this, he and his family were saved. Because in Genesis 7, 6, we see that God does a lie because it says that Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. All that crazy talk for 120 years proven true in a moment. Yes, obedience to God may be crazy, but it is only crazy until God comes through on what he commanded. People may call you crazy until it starts to rain, until they see animals just start showing up two by two. So what is crazy in one season will be counted as faith in another. It may be crazy to people when you start the obedience step, but as faith when the result comes. Faith obeys the Word of God, even if it sounds crazy. Because I mean, hello, our Christian faith is already betting on a crazy story of a God who came to earth to give up his life to save. How crazy is that? The crazy story of our Savior is even foreshadowed in this Noah story and the original commandment of God. All right, now y'all just wait for this gospel golden nugget hidden in this. Because fun fact, the Hebrew word for pitch is actually the root for the word atonement. And atonement can be a big word, but boiled down, it really just means payment for sin. Like the pitch that covered Noah's boat inside and out is really the thing that saved them, the atonement, the payment of Jesus Christ is really the thing that saves us. Unless we are covered and sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no atonement and no salvation from the death of sin. But once He seals you, you're safe. We can live boldly, confidently, even crazy in faith because once we receive Jesus Christ, we're covered, we're saved, we are sealed. He is what empowers us to obey the Word of God. His blood payment ensures for us a life that is lived wildly in faith. He is our great confidence. Because I know I am not the only one who sees how we are living in a time a lot like Noah's. It seems that very few actually seek God. Real truth is attacked as too harsh or unloving. Church is old. The proclamation that Jesus is the only way to life is deemed narrow-minded or even false. Everyone seems to want truth, but they get agitated the moment you try to tell them that we don't get to define what truth is. I mean, wars still exist. hatred abounds. People are mean and families often aren't the safe place they're supposed to be for us. So what can we do? Is there anything? Well, look what Matthew says about the days of Noah that are now the days that we live in. In Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39, it says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood that were eating and drinking, marrying and giving a marriage and till the day that Noah entered into the ark, and they knew not until the flood came and it took them all away, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. Just as quickly as the flood came and took the earth away, that is how quickly Jesus will come. Because make no mistake, soon and very soon, trumpets will sound, the earth will quake, and the clouds will part, and what we will find won't be the promised flood rains of Noah. No, it will be the promised return of Jesus Christ. And the flood of His praise will be what fills the earth. Because in that time, will we be those who are found already walking with God or those walking with the world? Fuse, let's be like Noah. Let's be those odd men and women out. Let's be found as those who leaned in and listened to Him. Let's obey God, even if it sounds crazy.